Are you ready? You better get ready. Get ready to dive into the heart of local sports action. Broadcasting live from the heartland of Missouri. Welcome to the SEMO Scramble on SEMO ESPN. Get set. Because it's time to catch up on the latest local highlights, in-depth analysis, and interviews from the Blue Deal and beyond. Here we go. With your host, Rusty Hendricks and Jess Todd. And welcome in. Good Saturday morning to you. It's the SEMO Scramble here on SEMO ESPN Radio. That's 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and online at SEMOESPN.com. Rusty Hendricks and Clay Harrell with us here on the SEMO Scramble. I told you just off air just a second ago, hey, we're going to get the uh, the open and closes fixed here here in a little bit, so we're working on it. Just hasn't been done yet. A lot of a lot of things going on here at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, you're. I know, I know <laughs> I've been busy, so I know you've been busy. But sorry to disappoint everybody. Just Todd still uh, not living back in Cape Girardeau, so it is Clay Harrow, not Just Todd. <laughs> All right, we got a lot to get to today, Clay. A lot of awesome uh, sports to talk about. Of course, a lot of local stuff. Um, I think we got. A lot of neat things too. I think fans will enjoy. We're going to open up the phone lines. How about that later in the in the uh, you know the show today? So talk about some of the key moments. So uh, we'll get some of your thoughts, Clay. We'll get my thoughts and maybe some of the the fans' thoughts on some of the key moments from 2023 and what they enjoyed this year, kind of locally and uh, maybe even abroad a little bit. But Let's start with this. It was the Cotton Bowl last night, Clay. A big game for Mizzou football. Playing against Ohio State. Uh, well, if you watch the game, I don't know how. Did you make it to the fourth quarter? Yeah, I don't know. Did, how many times did you have to, to turn it off? I don't know. But it was not pleasing as far as entertainment, okay? It was a defensive battle, I guess. But uh, Mizzou ended up winning 14-3. to They end up getting the victory. And Cody Schrader continues his historic season for Mizzou. 29 carries, 128 yards, and a tutty. Brady Cook had a touchdown to Luther Burden, finally getting him involved a little bit. So both of Mizzou's touchdowns came in the fourth quarter. Ohio State's only points came in the first. So uh, Mizzou was down for nearly the entire game, but fi- found a way to come back there at the end, Clay. I'm just saying, it was 3 nothing when I turned it on. As soon as I turned it on, they took the lead and ended up eventually winning. So not a Mizzou fan, but apparently I must be Mizzou's good luck charm. There we go. So... But nonetheless, it was a good win for Mizzou. I think it's a good win for the program, and hopefully it'll propel them to help them next year and beyond. I saw, I can't remember which St. Louis media, if it was Charlie Marlowe or Tom Ackerman, somebody tweeted, um, I have a feeling that um, Ohio State's going to have a tougher time getting some St. Louis area recruits from Mizzou tomorrow yeah. morning. So I uh, I think that's really kind of, who cares that you went 11-2? and two? I think when you look at it like that, like, they're, they kind of maybe are putting themselves in a really good spot in terms of recruiting, and it feels like next year is kind of the year for Mizzou football because I saw some people talking on Twitter. It could, they could be a sneaky playoff team, like, making a run. I think they'll be in next year, but in terms of, like, making a run into it, they could be a really, really good team. Yeah, expectations are high and a lot of buzz around the Mizzou football program for now. Where the St. Louis Blues, Clay, has been uh, playing some good hockey of late under head coach Drew Bannister. However, last night they lost 2-1 to one to the Avalanche. They had won three games in a row, so they're now 5-2 and two with their record under new head coach Drew Bannister. They play tonight against Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Penguins at 6 p.m., the only goal for the Blues last night by Robert Thomas. It's time to start talking about him as a like, superstar in this league. 
compared to guys like Leon Dreisaitl, Mitch Marner, he's putting up more points in them this year. And those are guys that are kind of bona fide superstars in the NHL. And I think uh, Mr. Robert Thomas is is kind of in that category. And I don't think he's getting the respect he deserves because of the year the Blues have had. But they competed last night. They put a, I thought they played a solid hockey game. Puck uh, just didn't bounce their way. The second goal the Avs had was a tough one for Bennington. But I don't think he really had much of a chance. It was let go from the point by Devontae's. I don't think it was tipped, but just, you know, how that works when it comes from the point. A lot of screen in front. But I think it was a quality loss if there's a such thing as that in hockey. But, I mean... I think if you're the Blues, you're happy with it, and you just keep it moving into Pittsburgh tonight. Yeah, it is good to see the Blues playing better, playing better as a unit. I think right now you just want to continue to have them fine-tune, especially on defense, and hopefully they can, I don't know, find a way to just keep getting better. I know analytics don't matter. But the only thing that scares me is I know they're 5-2 and two under Bannister, but they are a terrible team analytically, and that is very, very scary. Yeah. But, hey, it doesn't matter. Like Analytics don't win games. The players do. So, And the Blues have been doing that under Bannister. A lot of a big reason for that has been their goaltending. Holfer the last couple of games has been pretty solid, and Bennington as well. So that's been a big reason for that. Holfer's really bounced back. I was kind of concerned about whether or not he was ready at the start of the year. He, he had some rough ones. I think specifically the one that sticks out to me was that Arizona game at the beginning of the year where I think they lost five nothing. And I mean, it could have just been you know like not his first real taste or his first taste, but maybe his first real taste of the NHL being up with the club every day. Maybe it's just tough to adjust, but he's he's looked a lot better uh, down the last couple of weeks. Well, Clay, this week, of course, after the Christmas holiday, it's been a tradition for 79 years, the Christmas tournament there at the Show Me Center. Well, last night uh, we had another ball game there. That was the SEMO men and women. The women ended up falling to Southern Indiana, but the men had a nice win over Southern Indiana. It took overtime. And of course, uh, we'll talk more about the Christmas tournament here coming up, but I want to talk about the SEMO men real quick. It was a thriller Rob Martin continues to impress a graduate of CBC High School in St. Louis. He won a state title for them a few years ago, and now he's with the SEMO men, and he's doing some excellent things as their starting point guard, You know, filling in for Philip Russell. Na- Philip Russell. Sorry, my, his name escaped me for a second uh, from last year. So, again, Rob Martin, uh, impressive game last night, and this is what it sounded like there at the end. We had it right on our sister station, Real Rock 99.3 with Eric Sean. This is what it sounded like. And a two to tie, a three could win it. Here's Hernandez, he's their guy. Oh, oh he's wide open for a game-tying layup. The Red Hawks absolutely left the goal unguarded. What happened? 91 apiece, here we go, four seconds. Martin, pull up for the win! Yes! Yes! One second and this game is over! How about that? A big bucket there by Rob Martin. So that's a nice win to open up OVC play for the SEMO men. Yeah, you know, it, there's been a lot of talk about just kind of the start to the season for SEMO, and that feels like one, like, you open conference play, maybe you're feeling some pressure with the way your non-conference schedule went, but, I mean, credit to SEMO, that's a huge win, and that feels like one of those wins that can maybe really kind of kickstart some energy and some momentum into that group, and who knows what happens. Obviously, conference play is really the only thing that matters. they got to a tournament uh, title to defend, and maybe that's the win that kind of kickstarts the season for him. Without really a student section last night because uh, school's still not in session for SEMO, the crowd was pretty electric, especially down the stretch there for the Red Hawks, so that was nice to see. All right, let's turn to high school basketball, Clay. Again, a busy week. We're going to touch on the Missourian tournament there at the Show Me Center, Southeast Missourian tournament. But also there's been some other tournaments going on, some showdowns, so to speak. So we'll start first in St. Louis. 
the St. Dominic Championship game. Sykeston in that championship game, they defeated the host St. Dominic, who's won it over the last couple of years. Sykeston winning 85-57, emphatic win there, their first championship since, since 2018. It's the ninth time they have won that tournament. Uh, it's the 30th year, I believe, ninth time they've won it. And they've only been in this tournament for probably, I don't know, 15 years or so. I covered that tournament for many, many years myself. So Sykeston continues to roll. Yeah, I think uh, um, just really quick touch on this. Now, now that Cape Central is kind of getting healthy, I can't wait for that oh matchup. I think it's February like 9th. February 9th at is Cape. Yeah, yeah, that is going to be electric, and I think it might be kind of similar to Cape Charleston last year, where like they were selling tickets and they were turning people away at the door. I have a feeling it'll be very similar to that. Well, in the Bloomfield Christmas tournament that wrapped up last night. So if you've been at the, the Show Me Center all week, you had a chance to maybe head down to Bloomfield to check out the final there. It was Haytide defeating Twin Rivers 52-43 in the ninth-place game, the consolation title. Richland over Portageville 66-47 for fifth place. Richland, a pretty solid team. Then Puxico, who was the number one seed coming in, they got uh, upseated uh, in the semis, but uh, winning 79-54 for the third place uh, there at Bloomfield. And then Malden. Malden, who I had as my top four team coming into the season, they had a little lull early on, but Malden defeating a very good East Prairie team, Clay, 60-56 to for first place, winning the uh, the tournament title. It breaks a 17-year drought with a championship thriller. So uh, I, I was I was not there, didn't get to see it, but I was told that it was an excellent game. I, was, I wasn't there either, but just from the what I saw following it on Twitter and just seeing some of the dialogue around it, it seemed like it was an instant classic uh, last night there. Obviously, I don't think East Prairie had won a, a Bloomfield Christmas tournament title, so what long drought was going to be yeah. snapped, and it went to Malden. And then in the Poplar Bluff Showdown, New Madrid County Central playing against CBC, and they get the victory 80-65. to Jadis Jones with back-to-back 30-point performances. He had 37 points, 10 rebounds there for, for New Madrid County Central. They're going to play in the championship game of that showdown today at 5. I just, I'm sitting here shaking my head. Like, I feel like you run out of superlatives about this guy, man. He is unbelievable, and I find it hard to believe that anybody in this area hasn't seen him play, but if you haven't seen him play, stop what you're doing. Go to the Popper Bluff Showdown tonight. Go find a regular season game to go see him play. He is unbelievable, by far one of the best players in this area. Recruiting for him is open, folks. Uh, he you know, decommitted from Coastal Carolina as a football and basketball player. A lot of people maybe still don't know that. He did uh, because you know the head coach for Coastal Ended up, you know, transferring to a different school, getting another job. So, uh, Jadis, you know, maybe we can get him here at uh, at SEMA. We'll see. I think that would make a lot of uh, fans very happy. Recruit local, baby. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, touch base on the 79th annual Southeast Missouri Christmas Tournament. So here's the schedule, Clay. Uh, final day today. Championship day today. And by the way, you can watch those games on uh, the SEMO Ball Facebook page and online as well, correct? If YouTube. You, if you go to semoballcom slash Christmas, you can the 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 right right there like the YouTube embedded videos. I believe they'll be on Facebook as well. Don't quote me on that. If okay. you don't see them on Facebook, go to semoballcom slash Christmas. Um, I already saw it, like they're there. They're yeah, they're there. Premiere. So it'll be posted through YouTube. Yeah. So yes, you can check that out. We'll have the audio piped in from. Uh, our radio station, SEMO ESPN. You've got to listen fun. to Rusty, so there we go. you might want to mute it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, 
Hey, we, <laughs> I won't bring that up. I was going to say we won't have any specific advertising for for that one. But uh, Scott County Central, Bell City at 3 p.m. That'll be uh, a fun one there for the consolation title. Scott County Central beat Bell City last year to end their season. I just want to talk about Bell City. Like, huge shout-out to them. Coach Luke yes. Bixler has done a tremendous job. Like, they got their first two wins in this tournament. When they won on day two in the after losing to Jackson, it was the first time since 2016. They got to the they got to day three in 2020, but it was by way of forfeit. But it was the first time since 2016 that they had won a game to get to day three of the Southeast Missouri Christmas tournament. And I think this is the first time since 2014 that they've played on the final day. Yes, I mean for a team that you know maybe is has been overlooked because they've been maybe the 15, 16 seed or the 15 seed this year. Outstanding job by them in this tournament to get to the final day. Luke Bixler has done a tremendous job with that team. and I, I, They have a lot of talent. They, they are a very solid team that have been fun to watch in this tournament. They came into this tournament, Clay, winless, but picking up their first two wins. and you know, they, had, uh, they had lost to uh, Leopold earlier in the year, got past them, they went, got past Advance, who they lost to earlier in the year. So get credit, you know, again, to Bell City and what they've been able to do in this tournament. It's been impressive. So that's the ninth place, the consolation title. You have Scott City and Kelly at 430 uh, for fifth place, as Kelly won earlier this year against Scott City. But I think that's going to be a battle tonight as well. I was just about to say, I feel like this is that could be a very, very good game. I think we have four really good games on deck, I think. Um, Kelly, Scott City. Scott City's played some good basketball in this tournament. Um, I mean, I think you're looking at probably maybe a two- to five-point game down the stretch, depending on free throws what happens, but... But I think you got a got a good one there in the in the fifth place game, and then for third place it's Notre Dame and Charleston at six p.m. It'll be the third meeting this year between Notre Dame and Charleston. I was going to say, I think they're tired of playing each other yet already. It's not even twenty twenty. Yeah. We haven't turned the page on twenty twenty three yet, and they're <laughs> playing for the third time already. Charleston's already won twice, so on paper everyone would think, okay, this should be a clear win for Charleston. But folks, if you've heard this old saying, you know, I'll say it again: it is hard to beat a team. Three times. Just ask Chaffee this. Ask Chaffee about that, okay? Uh, Advance and Chaffee faced off two times before this tournament, okay? Chaffee defeated them twice. Advance beat them in the tournament. I think, uh, I think too, you're kind of, and at least the other night, this is my was my like first or second look at Notre Dame. Hudson Dennis has taken a big leap. He played really, really well against a good Cape Central team, and... I think that's maybe something that Notre Dame didn't have early in those first two matchups, but yes. I think Hudson Dennis has, has really come a long way already, and that could be a game changer in this one. Obviously, some, like between Deshaun Henderson and Katerion Owens, you got your hands full down there, and they're going to need Hudson Dennis to, to play big tonight. Yeah, can he stay out of foul trouble? That'll be key. And then for the championship, Clay, a rematch of last year's championship, Jackson and Cape Central, the top two seeds. That'll be around 7.30. That should be a fun one. Cape obviously favored, but... Don't sleep on the Jackson Indians. Cold Deck has had a very impressive tournament for Jackson, and we'll see. Maybe he can lead them to the title. Yeah, this has kind of been his coming out party to start 2023 with no uh, no Blaine Harris. He's really had a huge, huge start to the year for for Jackson, and uh, they're going to need every bit of his offensive production tonight if they want to take down the Cape Central team. So Jackson last won this tournament in Let's see, 2013 with a victory over Cape Central. Of course, Cape Central's won it five of the last eight years. So Central with 15 tournament titles. We started this tournament, by the way, back in 1945. Jackson has five tournament titles. We'll see who can get another one here tonight. 
Should be a fun one. I'm excited. Like like you said earlier, Rusty, com slash Christmas. Um, and if you go to com right now, I have a preview out um, on the championship game. Um, and I know we don't have too much time here for the break, but just, you know, be curious to see kind of how Jackson approaches it. Notre Dame, I thought, did a good job of slowing the game down on Cape, and it worked because Cape had to play defense. And they did a good job of playing defense and digging in. I talked to Coach Drew Church about that. That's in the article. Um, but... It'll be curious to see what Jackson does because I think they have the athletes to go and run with Kate, but I don't know if they will. Yeah, it'll be fun. You have the size of, of Jackson, the length there. Could they cause some problems for Central? Because, you look, you know, they, that's been an issue. That was a big issue against Notre Dame, that Notre Dame just couldn't handle Cape size, their quickness. So maybe Jackson can. Braden Toma really stepped up uh, in his last game for Jackson. You have Judd Toma as well as a solid player. So kind of the trio for Jackson versus the trio of Cape Central and Edwards, Murray, and then also Reynolds. That's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I don't think I think people are kind of maybe writing Jackson off too soon, especially without Blaine Harris. I think anytime you're playing your rival in a tournament championship game, I think this is going to be a very, very, very good game here tonight at the Show Me Center. All right, that's coming up. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to touch base with Ryan Winkler. He is the play-by-play man for the Cape Central Tigers, and he's been covering uh, the tournament all week long as well. He has been there for every single game. So we'll get his thoughts on Cape Central tonight. Now, look, I do want to mention this. We efforted uh, Drew Church, so we we tried to get him uh, earlier, but unfortunately things did not work out for him to talk to us this morning. But we will be talking to Corey Toma, the head coach, of Jackson here a little bit later as well. So, again, coming up next, we'll talk to Ryan Winkler and get his thoughts on that matchup between Jackson and Cape Central. Welcome back, Ken. You're listening to the SEMO Scramble here on SEMO ESPN Radio. Clay Harrell, the Southeast Missourian, Rusty Hendricks, and we're happy to be joined here on the hotline by our buddy Ryan Winkler. And Ryan, you've been covering uh, this Christmas tournament all week. Uh, how we doing, man? You've been enjoying the basketball? Yeah, it's been a pretty good week so far. Um, you know, obviously that first day is a little bit more of a mismatch, but after that, uh, that second half of the first day and then the rest of the week, their matchups a little more even, and they become a lot better games than I think a lot of people expected also with some surprises. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, we talked about it earlier, surprise. A, a big, Probably the biggest one is Bell City reaching the Constellation title. But I wanted to talk with you, Ryan, about Cape Central. Um, look, you've been covering them all year. You've been there at the tournament. You've seen them every game. Uh, we're able to see Markwell Murray come back, Mateo Rivers, Max Vogel, uh, and what they've been able to contribute here in this tournament but what about Cape Central and the matchup here against Jackson? What does Cape Central need to do to, to make sure they get the victory tonight? Well, you know, after watching the Jackson game the other night, I think one of the things I'm going to have to do is watch out for Cole Deck. He can shoot the ball from outside the perimeter pretty well, and so they'll have to put somebody on him to guard him closely, and I think that's going to end up being Jay Reynolds more than likely. He's probably one of the top defenders, either Reynolds or Mateo Rivers. He's a good defender as well, and they're just going to have to work on the the outside game, too, is the Tigers. That's That seems to be what their bread and butter is here this week in the tournament is shoot from beyond the arc. Jay Reynolds has quite a few threes. Uh, Murray with a few threes. And Rivers started to pick a couple up there the other day. So, you know, that's probably the game plan. And then eventually maybe work it inside if they can and try to get Deck into foul trouble because he seems to be the hot hand for the Indians. Does it feel like 
uh, 4K Central, like, do you have an X factor? Because I feel like you know, like you're you know what you're going to get out of Murray, Edwards, and Reynolds. Do you have an X factor though that who who might be the difference maker in this one tonight? Yeah, I think Vogel can step up and make a few threes too. He's he's made a couple just the other day, but I think a lot of people forget about him because of, like you said, Murray and and Reynolds, and they they kind of slack off on him a little bit on defense. He had quite a few open looks the other day, so I think that could play a factor into tonight's game. And also, Ryan, look, uh, again, it's always a fun fun time when Jackson and Cape Central can get together, kind of a rivalry matchup. The student sections will be raucous tonight. I think it will be a great atmosphere at the Show Me Center. But uh, do you, how important is it, in your opinion, for Cape Central to get out and transition and really push the pace in this game? Yeah, they like to play fast, and I think that's the game plan as well is just keep pushing the ball up and down the court make Jackson make mistakes. Um, that full-court press that Central has, there were a couple times the other night that they were able to just cause enough problems for the offense that they ended up picking up a couple 10-second violations. So I think that's going to be part of their their bread and butter, too, is just that full-court press and then running the ball up and down the court because once they get going and running with the ball, it's, it's hard to stop Central. On the flip side of that, you you kind of saw Notre Dame do it the other night where they really slowed the offense down and, and made a bunch of passes, forced Cape to guard. If you're Jackson, while you you know you might have the athletes to get out and run with Cape, do you think they take the route of maybe slowing things down on the offensive end and trying to, to keep themselves out of transition too? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they do. I think a lot of teams are going to think about that as their game plan is Central right, likes to run the ball and they're going to slow it down. You know, Sykeston did that to them last year in the district championship. They slowed it down and it ended up paying off for them. So I think Jackson will probably try to do the same thing. And unfortunately for Notre Dame, they tried it, but then they ended up getting so far behind that they had to just try to pick up the pace, and it ended up just not working out for them. Who's your pick tonight? I know you're going to say Cape Central, but uh, what what do you think will be the reason why they can win tonight? Honestly, it's because Blaine Harris being out, not being able to play, he's a big part of that offense for Jackson. I think with him not being in, and able to play yet. I know he's out of that sling that he was wearing, but without him, that offense isn't quite as explosive as it usually is. And I think that's going to play a factor. And I think Central could end up winning this game by not a whole lot, but I think it's a pretty comfortable win. All right. Well, it should be a fun one, Ryan. I know you're going to be there. So enjoy it and have fun here tonight. And, and, uh, I don't think many people know, so I might want to remind them. Uh, what what do they do with their ticket uh, after the game tonight? Uh, Rusty, I knew you were going to ask me this. I tell you what, you take your ticket stub, you can go to Mary Jane's and get a free appetizer. All right, thanks for that. I appreciate it, Ryan. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll, I'll see you later. <laughs> see ya. All right, that is Ryan Winkler. Again, he is a broadcaster for Withers Radio, and, uh, again, he's – been following Cape Central. He is the Cape Central broadcaster. So appreciate his time and get his thoughts on that, uh, Clay. But hey, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk things over with head coach Corey Toma for the Jackson Indians. Get his perspective on the game tonight. That's coming up next here on the CMO Scramble. Welcome back in. It's the SEMO Scramble here on SEMO ESPN Radio. That's 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and online always at SEMO ESPN. 
Com. Clay Harrell joining me here on the CMO Scramble, my co-host from the Southeast Missourian. I'm Rusty Hendricks and happy to be joined on the phone lines by head coach Corey Toma. Helped lead them to the final four last year, the Jackson Indians. And he has uh, led his team to the championship game of the Southeast Missourian Christmas Tournament. So, Coach, first of all, congrats on uh, making it to the championship game. How do you get it done tonight, Coach? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to let you tell me that. Right? <laughs> Score more no, points no, than they Kate, do. <laughs> uh, Kate presents a really unique challenge for us tonight, and we're looking forward to playing them. So uh, Coach Church has got that team uh, healthy and playing well. So we're, we're, we're looking forward to it. Coach, you know, obviously I don't want you to give me, you know, any of your game plan, but you saw Notre Dame the other night really slow it down on Cape Central. Has that been something that you and your staff have kind of considered? Because I know you guys have the athletes to get out and run, but is that something you maybe have to pick and choose your spots here tonight? No, absolutely not. We're not, you know, it's too early in the season to, to for us to slow it down. we got to get better at what we, you know, execute in our stuff. And uh, so we're, 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 you know, and Cape presents that challenge. They're going to put a lot of pressure on the ball and, and we need to take care of it, and, but we're going to run our stuff, and you know we we need to make shots and uh, execute our motions. Uh, but I don't plan to slow it down against Cape though tonight. Well, Coach Cold Deck has led you so far in the three games during this tournament. Seventy-two points. He's been very impressive. Uh, Judd Toma, very good player for you, and then, of course Brayden Toma. I thought had a really good game uh, the other night as well for your team. So how about those three in particular, and what they can do to help uh, this Jackson Indian squad? Yeah, I mean those those three guys have been leading my team all all year. You know, Cole's a, a gifted scorer. Uh, you know, he he uh, we got, got off to a little slow start against Charleston, uh, but he, you know he came out second you know second quarter and and uh, second half and really put the ball in the hole for us. You know, without having Harris on the floor, we need uh, we need a score like that to happen. So you know, I've I'm, I'm been super proud of his his you know him stepping up this year and and, and leading us leading our team as far as Judd and Braden, obviously, you know, both those guys, we, we put them on their best players and, you know, they, they work on both ends and Braden had a really good game being a nice little spark plug the other night. Um, you know, he's been leading us in assists and steals this year and, and, and really defending really well and taking care of the ball. And, you know, Judd, Judd, uh, I get a lot of, a lot of minutes out of Judd. I expect him to do, um, uh, you know, rebound and guard the, you know, guard guard their best inside player, and uh, you know he's 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 performing well too for me. Coach, expanding on Cole Deck, I know when we talked, you know, in the preseason, you you kind of mentioned that you did expect him to have a role, but obviously we didn't know about the Blaine Harris injury yet. Has Cole Deck just surpassed maybe any expectations that you had for him in the preseason? No, I saw it this summer. Um, you know, when Blaine was healthy and they played together, I, and I told many you know many people i go cole's probably a more talented scorer than blaine um he, you know he's blank shoot it and, and and he's a really good player but cole just has that knack and ability and that feel for just scoring the basketball and that's all this summer and uh you know it's going to be nice to, when we get blaine back here in a few weeks to see how how this pans out going forward and um you know he just gives us another weapon on the court well, Coach, you ended up falling down early in that game against Charleston in the semis. I think you were down by 12, 23 to 11 at one point. But how important is it tonight to maybe get off to a better start? Because, boy, you get in a hole early against Cape Central, that's going to make it hard to come back. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going through the game for a second time now. We, we executed 
Um, and that's why I didn't call timeout. We we were executing. We just weren't making, you know, we just weren't putting the ball in the hole. We did have some turnovers, but you're right. I mean, if we do it against Cape, it's going to be a it's going to be a long finish of the game tonight. So we got we got to put the ball in the hole tonight against Cape, um, where we didn't do it against Charleston. But you know, we were down 12, and we we finally started started to get some transition buckets, and that's why I didn't want to call call timeout because Charleston is is very limited on their bench. And uh, once I knew the transition game we get going, we could wear them out. So we started making buckets. We we, we finally claw, uh, crawled back in right before half. Well, Coach, maybe give us a little bit some of your keys to the game tonight. To, I don't know, maybe is there any other more important than these two, taking care of the basketball, limiting turnovers, and making sure you are winning that rebounding battle tonight? Yeah, um, both those are huge. You know, that's that's two of my keys to the points of every game yeah. is winning turnovers, winning rebounds, and and winning free throws. And um, you know, if we if we do a good job in all three of those categories tonight, we can we can hang with Charleston. I mean, with Cape Central. Um, you know, they just present that challenge, and they they got five kids on the court that all can all can play, and they it's a really matchup nightmare. You know, Coach, regardless of what happens tonight, you said it earlier, it's still, you guys are still working on your stuff. You know, no matter what happens tonight, you know, it's still December 30th and you guys still have a long way to go to where you want to be this season. Is that something you guys have kind of conveyed in, in your message here in between uh, games? No, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I want, you know, I, I call them building blocks. Um, we got tiers and build blocks and we want to carry over from game to game and improve this, improve this, improve this. So, uh, when it comes to February, hey, we're, we're, we're full. You know, everybody's heading to District 00. So we want to be peaking in the February, and I want to see improvement in these building blocks just keep building, and, and the carryover keeps keeps going. So, um, you know, it, it's early. And uh, what happens tonight, you know, I hope the kids play well, and I'm going to coach hard, and, and Drew's going to give it right back at us. So, um, you know, but I want to see improvement, uh, you know, win or lose tonight. And uh, I think if the kids play hard and we compete in all those three key components tonight, you know, we can, we can we'll be able to hang with them. Second-year head coach, Corey Toma, uh, with us now here in the SEMO Scramble. Just last thing, and I'll leave you with this, Coach. So, uh, again, kind of it's a rematch of last year's game. You would expect that uh, some of these guys are, are really going to have the itch to, to change the – from last year and get that victory this year. But also, too, I want to talk about the crowd. You know, again, whenever it's Cape Central and Jackson, the student sections come out, the crowd comes out. It should be a raucous one tonight. It should be a great atmosphere at the Show Me Center. Just just talk about that as well. Just what do you think that'll be like tonight? Yeah, I mean, last year was my first experience with it. Uh, um, you know, besides back in the day when I played, uh, when you're, you know, it's, it's, it's just unique. Uh, it, it's cool. I mean, that's why we do this and, and the atmosphere last year in the show me center was, was amazing. It was, it was a really good game. Um, you know, and, and now, you know, experiencing that, I, I can expect what's probably going to happen, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I, you know, the kids expect it. Um, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Tonight. Well, Coach, we look forward to it. So good luck tonight. And, uh, we'll see you there at the show me center. Hey, thanks guys. I appreciate it. You bet. All right, head coach Corey Toma of the Jackson Indians. So, again, Cape Central and Jackson uh, here tonight. Uh, Clay, what do you think? What do you think uh, the atmosphere is going to be like? What do you think about uh, just these games? I know we alluded to it earlier, but uh, 
I don't know. Do you think each game could be a really good one tonight? I, I'm fully expecting each game to be pretty competitive. Uh, just touching on the atmosphere, especially for the championship game, I think it's kind of interesting. Like, you heard Coach Toma talk there. Like, regardless of what happens, like, this is still just a game on December 30th. Nobody sees an in tonight. Nobody wins a state championship tonight. It's probably not that it doesn't mean a lot to the players. It might mean more, though, to the student sessions and the fans. You know, it's a tournament championship game. But for these guys out there playing and for Coach Church and Coach Toma coaching, like Coach Toma said, you just want to see improvement. It's December 30th. It's not February 30th. Or there is no February 30th. <laughs> whatever, whatever. It's not oh, January 30th, whatever you want to say. Uh, it's still like, it's just like essentially a regular season game. So nobody's season ends tonight. Nobody wins a state championship. And I think you're just in for a, a good basketball game. You always are between these two teams. All right. That should be fun tonight. But I want to turn now, Clay, to the best sports moments of 2023. So obviously, December 30th. It's a final show that we're going to have here uh, of the year here in 2023. And just kind of want to take a look back at some of the, the best sports moments of the year. Again, some locally, some not. Uh, one of them here I want to go ahead and, and maybe relive a little bit. Remember this one, Clay? Back in on September the 18th. September the 18th. See if you remember this one. Adam Wainwright winning his 200th game, getting that done. A vintage game for him, went seven innings. And we just heard Ryan Helsley close it out. Uh, that was courtesy of Bally Sports Midwest. Uh, how about how about this one, Clay? See if, you, uh, if this one rings a bell. 38, and the Eagles 35. Six seconds left in Super Bowl 57 regulation. Hertz takes the snap. The Chiefs. Only rushing two on a delay. Clock is going to be out of time, and the pass is going to be underthrown. It's incomplete. It's incomplete. Everyone, everyone who claims the Chiefs' kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection, a big red reflection. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. All right, Mitch Holtis, he does such an excellent job. And of the Chiefs radio network, again, the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl over the Eagles. And that was uh, in February of this this year. Mahomes winning that MVP. But as, as far as locally, Clay, I don't know if anything's better than this one. How about that? The OVC champions in men's basketball, the SEMO men getting it done, winning the OVC tournament, five wins in five days, and they punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament just for the second time in their history. I mean, that for me might be my favorite just because it also kind of like 
between like them going to Dayton, like I got the chance to go to Dayton and cover uh, that first four game. And, you know, as somebody that's grown up watching March Madness, and obviously I'm everybody that watches sports loves March Madness, just being able to go and like kind of see behind the scenes and cover that game, by far probably my favorite sports moment of the year. There's a couple other ones we'll, we'll, we'll put out there. How about Mizzou earlier this fall beating Kansas State with a walk-off field goal? Harrison Mevis, the thicker kicker, getting it done. A 61-yard field goal for the victory. That really, I think, that win to begin the season helped propel them and give them some confidence going forward. Of course, Mizzou, uh, that season culminating last night with a victory over Ohio State. What is 11-2, I think, their final record so on the season. But excellent season for Mizzou. And it's kind of get it more locally. Here's a couple other ones I picked out, Clay. Maybe you can add some other ones, but uh, advance winning the state title in volleyball again. I mean, they just uh, their run of dominance continues. They are able to get that done. How about New Madrid County Central? They win the state title in basketball. Uh, Jadis Jones, B.J. Williamson and company, and uh, what they were able to accomplish was pretty impressive. Cape Central, uh, Finn, uh, Finn Thiel win the state title, the 100-meter butterfly. Uh, that happened not too long ago. And then Woodland's Reed Layton won the state title in cross-country. Woodland as a as a team, winning the state title as well. Uh, Reed Layton having a pretty good tournament here for basketball. But uh, those are a couple of ones that I picked out. Uh, I don't know. Do you have any other ones you would want to add? Uh, you know, you touched on, obviously, like the state title. I just think, you know, Jackson girls soccer hosting a, a, a state quarterfinal game in, in Jackson. Jackson baseball hosting a state quarterfinal game. Like, just moments like that. And to me, the one, it's more recent. But when I think of, like, an individual game, the first thing my brain goes to is Sykeson, uh New Madrid, just, uh, what, a month ago yeah. in the SEMO Conference Championship. I mean, that was an instant classic. Like, that's one that my brain kind of goes to. There's so many, though, I think. Um, like, you think last It's hard year, to think back all the way from the beginning of the year last, or, you know, this year, you know, in the spring and things like that. But even even last night with uh, the championship of the Bloomfield Christmas tournament with uh, Malden and East Prairie. That was a good one. I got one for you. This one might be kind of out of left field. How about James Nail coming back home uh, for uh, yeah. the Cardinals caravan at the beginning of the year? I thought that was cool that the reception he got out there at the Osage Center, and who knows, the caravan's rolling into town here in a couple weeks. I guess we'll see so who's, who's on it. But yeah. I thought that was really cool. As, as somebody like, I'm not from this area. I'm from southern Illinois. So just seeing the impact, though, that, that he had and the way that people showed out for him, I thought was really, really cool at the beginning of this year. Another one I want to point out during the summer, of course, uh, the Cape Catfish having an excellent season. But I want to talk about how about the Babe Ruth World Series that coming awesome. to town at Cape at Cape uh, Kappa Hall. That was an absolutely amazing experience. You know, and and just like as media, just getting to cover it, and just like you get um, all these you know kids from different parts of the country coming in. And the the coolest part that I don't know if people know this. Uh, the, China, the team China manager, Ray Chang, played in the World Baseball Classic. He's played in every World Base, Baseball Classic, I think, for uh, Team China. Wow. And he uh, actually faced Shohei Otani just this la- at the beginning of the, the year in the World Baseball Classic in March. So, And he was here at Cape Girardeau uh, coaching the, the China team here. And just, you know, cool things like that. Just that tournament was outstanding. And obviously we're fortunate enough that it's in this area again this coming summer. So, again, those are some of the ones that we picked out. But guess what? We actually are going to open up the, the phone lines. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we want sh- uh, you guys to call in. So hopefully, uh, you know, our three listeners out there, maybe you guys could call in for us here on the SEMO Scramble. Uh, again, we haven't, we don't normally do this. Uh, I know it's not something that, you know, we do a whole lot on this show, but 
We do want to do that. Again, your favorite sports moments of 2023. So the phone number, 573-334-1220. That's 573-334-1220. 334-1220. That is our hotline here for the CMO Scramble. So we'll take a break. We come back, and hopefully we'll get a couple of phone calls and get your thoughts on your favorite sports moments of 2023. SEMO Scramble here on SEMO ESPN Radio. Clay Harrell, Rusty Hendricks, and we're talking about the favorite sports moments, games, whatever you want to think about here for 2023. And we've got a caller here on the phone line. So who do we got here this morning? This is Mike from Jackson. Mike from Jackson. All right. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate your call. Uh, what, what are your favorite sports moments here for 2023? My favorite sports memory is uh, Coach Nesbitt coming in, uh, taking over a Jackson program and winning the district title first year in class six and going on a 10 game winning streak this year. Yeah, he did an excellent job. And, uh, you know, Jackson just continues to just churn out excellent you know teams year after year, Clay. And, you know, did it again this year. Yeah. I mean, you talk about just an outstanding team and, and the, the run they went on and unprecedented success in, in Nesbitt's first season. And I think, uh, we were lucky enough uh, to have him on, I think, at one point this year. And yeah. just, you know, great guy with working with us always and did a great job with that team this year. And I'm very, very excited to see uh, next fall what happens with that team because I think they are destined for another another deep run. And, Mike, it, I don't know, maybe you can speak to this a little bit. It seems like he's, you know, gotten to be pretty plugged into the community and really fitting in nicely there, Jackson. Yes, yes, he certainly has. It's been a, it's been a great uh, year with Coach Nesbitt. Looking forward to the future. I mean, you know, after at the beginning of the year, you know, they had that loss to Edwardsville, Illinois, but uh, boy, churning out, I think it was ten straight wins. Um, after that, Francis Howell was an excellent victory. Uh, got a nice win over Holt. Um, then Lindbergh and Seckman there in the state tournament, um, and kind of a coming out party for the running back for for Jackson as well, Mike. Yes, uh, Jalen Hampton. Uh, it's exciting to see what the future is going to hold for him. Uh, coming out as a freshman and doing what he did this year and uh, looking forward to uh, the next next few seasons of Jackson football. All right. you have any other any other things that come to mind or uh, just the, the Jackson football team? Um, Jackson football was great. The baseball team uh, going on a great run this year. Yeah. The final four for the basketball Absolutely. team uh, was, uh, was a great, great uh, moment of last season as well. All right. Well, Mike, appreciate the call. Thanks for joining us this morning. Yes, you guys have a great day. All right, you too. So that was Mike from from Jackson getting his thoughts on the Jackson football team and the, and the, the year that Coach Nesbitt had. So, again, uh, folks, call in. Uh, phone lines are open for the SEMO Scramble, 573-334-1220. 334-1220. Uh, welcome any other calls here to the uh, SEMO Scramble and again, your favorite sports moments of 2023. Of course, you know here on the the CMO Scramble, we try to focus on on our local sports, in particular our high school sports. That look, you guys at the Missouri and Clay do an excellent job, but also uh, you know we'd like to to give kind of more pub to some of the high school athletes, and and good to to hear that as well. Mike bringing that up. Yeah, Mike was spot on. I mean, just <laughs> going broader than just Jackson football. You want to talk about just a year for Jackson sports in general, just. Unbelievable! I mean, I know girls basketball won a district title, uh, making it to state tournament. 
Um, just outstanding stuff from, you know, the entire athletic department there at Jackson, just kind of really propelling uh, just a phenomenal year in sports in the area in general. All right, and have another caller here. Jeremy is joining us now. So, Jeremy, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Cape Girard. Rusty, we went to high school together in Advance, so. Hey, all right. So, no, you definitely hit the head on the head with our volleyball. Holy cow. Yeah, how about uh, the Advance volleyball team, what they've been able to do, and then uh, Aaron Hoffman there as the head coach? I mean, that's pretty awesome for our little high school. I mean, that's. I mean, she's definitely put a program together there, that is for sure. Absolutely. And just the run that they have had, I mean, uh, boy, it just seems like year after year they just continue to just have the dominance. And, um, you know, I think it was uh, the coach's uh, daughter, Miss Hoffman, uh, um, you know, she was able to get it done for the Seamal Ball Awards, the best volleyball player this past year. And I think she has a pretty good chance, Lexus Hoffman, to get it done again this year. Right. Another great sports moment you know i guess the, i mean mizzou i mean you gotta, gotta give them credit i mean i didn't think missouri would nobody thought missouri football would have anything i don't think i think they're so-called experts i mean what we predicted like almost down the bottom of the pack in the sec and yeah i mean i think they exceeded expectations for sure i mean you know for coach drinkwitz it's kind of been that 500 kind of mediocrity so to speak in the first few seasons for him and trying to get over that hump finally being able to to get to do that and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, there was a lot of question marks at the beginning of the season Jeremy like who's going to be that starting quarterback you know is it do we trust in Brady Cook and that was an issue early is that I think you know Brady came in with a chip on his shoulder and he really you know performed well for Mizzou and, again, they took off, and give credit to Coach Drinkwitz and company. They've been recruiting well, and that seems to continue to take place. No, I know a lot of people last night was telling me, well, it's really not really a, I mean, Ohio State didn't have their full roster. You know, I don't feel sorry for them. No. They could have easily done the same thing. Mizzou players could have done that, but no. I, I thought that was a real, I guess, you know, Drinkwitz said it best last night in the postgame. We're a brotherhood, and I, I sh- they really showed they united. And I, I could definitely, you could definitely see it throughout the season. I mean, yes, a tough loss against the LSU game, and then of course the Georgia game. But all in all, Missouri, you know, definitely turned some heads. I think they put put them put the uh, college football world kind of on notice that you know Mizzou is here. Yeah, I would agree. Well, that's good stuff, Jeremy. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Yeah. yeah. All right, that was. Jeremy of Advance, and appreciate him. Uh, Clay, what do you got? I forgot. We would be remiss if we didn't mention uh, Cape Central football, making another deep run this year. Yeah. Um, And the job that Keyshawn Boyd did, uh, paired with Zaire Thomas in the backfield, those two guys, and the crazy thing is neither of them graduated. So uh, they will be in opposing teams' nightmares for the years to come. Um, Just outstanding job once again by Kent Gibbs, one of the best coaches in this area, one of the best guys in this area, just super nice guy, always willing to do whatever you need from him. And uh, outstanding season once again, and he just continues to prove uh, why he's a Hall of Famer. All right, phone line still open here at the SEMO Scramble, 573-334-1220. What are your favorite sports moments here of 2023? What stood out? Maybe some teams that you follow um, what you know? Maybe they had some excellent seasons. Maybe, um, maybe it could have been that key moment there. 
at the Christmas tournament this year when uh, a player from Leopold able to come in there at the very end of that game, uh, Coach Pointer putting him in, and it was just an awesome moment to see him uh, get that bucket there at the very end as time winding down. Maybe that was a moment that stood out to you. I don't know. Another another one that I just we, I think it's more broad, but just all the athletes that have signed to go out to the next level. It's really cool for us getting to go cover it. Uh, the recent, most recent one I covered, Tommy Ann Marriott uh, from Cape Central Swimming going to Ball State uh, swimming uh, to dive. And it seems like that uh, Coach Dana Powell over there at Cape Central, she just kind of churns out uh, college athletes with swim and dive. So we've been at quite a few of their signings, and, I mean, obviously just great for them, and it's great for all these athletes that are going on to the next level. It's really cool to, you know, that we get to go cover their signings and see where they're going next, and obviously then you follow them for the years to come. Absolutely. Um, we had her on uh, it's probably been about a month ago now, and uh, that was after Finn was able to win the state title. But you mentioned it. Uh, they had so much success, I'd say, within the last, what, five to eight years. They've been so dominant. And what they've been able to do, too, without um, really a, a home home uh, pull to go to. I mean, they've been updating and working on the bubble. And, uh, again, they haven't, uh, they've had to go to the SEMO the Rec Center and have to go swim there and only getting – you know, a few hours at a time or, or even less than that, maybe only in like 30 minutes at a time or something like that. And for so limited practice time and still, you know, able to to have a, a successful season, make it to state, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, super cool and super impressive, too. Just like you said, the, the, not the the normal practice time to be able to, to pull off what they've pulled off and what Coach Powell has coached uh, her two teams to do is outstanding stuff. And they've been just a fun team to cover uh, over the year. All right, so again, phone lines 573-334-1220, favorite sports moments here of 2023. Let's take another quick break, and we'll wrap it up. Coming up next here on the SEMO Scramble, Clay Harrell, Rusty Hendricks here on SEMO ESPN. All right, welcome back in. SEMO Scramble here on SEMO ESPN. Clay Harrell, Rusty Hendricks. And, again, appreciate the phone calls. Mike and Jeremy calling in. Thanks, uh, kind of touching on uh, their thoughts for the 2023 sports memories, moments, whatever you want to want to call it. But uh, uh, it's been fun kind of looking back. I, I started to do that last night a little bit, Clay, and just kind of look back. And, look, every year's filled with sports moments. And that's, that's part of the reason why I'm in this business. You're probably in this business. I mean – it it sports is just amazing. Um, what it can bring, the camaraderie between teammates, um, what it can bring together. You know, just uh, talking at the water cooler. You know, the next day, or whatever after a big game, just the ex- entertainment and experience. Um, just sports are so cool. I just, I just, it just brings everybody together. I, I just think that it's uh, pretty awesome that people can experience that. Rusty, I think I have my answer in my head. I'm going to flip this on you now. What is your favorite sports moment? It doesn't have to be local. Now it could be whatever. Personal to you, favorite sports moment of the year? Ah, uh, man. I mean, number one in my heart of the St. Louis Cardinals. And so I hope, kind of opened up with that was the Wayno 200th win. I was hoping so bad that he was able to get that. I know that you're kind of hard on him a little bit, I'm Clay. Just, I feel bad now because I knew he was hurt. But but uh, that that meant a lot to me. Uh, I know he was one of my favorite players for the Cardinals. So for him to be able to get that 200th win and go out, on a high note, after the struggle that he went through, um, that was happy to see. And that final ceremony at the end of the year, too, uh, when Yachty and, and Albert came out, you know, they gave 
gave Wayno the puppy uh, before before to just that kind of retirement speech. Uh, those are the kind of special things as a fan to me, and that that stood out to me. Yeah, no, I agree. I uh, I was glad that the season was over, and I didn't have to watch injured Adam Wainwright pitch anymore. But obviously, <laughs> <clears throat> meant a lot to that franchise, so you can't knock the guy too much. And yours. I think I finally, last March, got the chance to go to San Francisco and finally see the Warriors play um, right. at Chase Center. And Steph and Clay both, I think, combined for like 70, and they, they beat the Spurs. So got to see Greg Popovich coach, too, so that was pretty cool. But that would probably be my favorite. I've, I've been like, California's been like a bucket list trip for me, at least San Francisco, for yeah. since I was at high school, which wasn't that long ago. But, you know, just to finally be able to go there uh, was super cool and... and uh yeah, I guess they're got checking off another bucket list here in a couple months, going up out to New York. So uh, very nice. Going to see the Blues play at Madison Square Garden. Oh, that'll be amazing. So uh, that's uh, that's on the the March bucket list, I guess, this year. And yeah, I'm excited for it. But yeah, I think going to San Francisco by far um, was my favorite sports moment locally. Go, uh, the Red Hawks going to Dayton. Yeah, that, that was, was so, a good like, one. Like I still can't believe that I got to go cover that and just all the stuff I got to do, like just out there going to the open practice and then obviously going to the game itself was. Outstanding. Now you mentioned going to uh, Golden State. I've I've been trying the last several years, trying to go every year to a different ballpark uh, for Major League Baseball, and kind of that quest for all thirty stadiums. I've got ten of them down. Last year I made it to uh, uh, to Milwaukee and went oh. went there and made it to a Brewers game. Uh, it was a that was a pretty cool experience. Um, so I don't know. I haven't decided what I'm going to do this year. Um, who knows? Hopefully. I'll, you know, I can figure something out, but uh, yeah, that's kind of a quest of mine as well. But uh, real quick before we got to wrap things up, Clay. So four games today in the uh, 79th annual Southeast Missouri and Christmas tournament. We have Scott County Central, Bell City. We have Scott City, Kelly, Notre Dame, Charleston, Cape Central, Jackson. Who's going to win those four games? I got in the ninth place game. I got Bell City. I think they're going to they're going right. to win three games this week. Go three and one. Uh, who do you got in that one? I think Scott County gets it done. They've played well this tournament. Uh, next, we've got Scott City Kelly. I'm going to take Kelly. They're playing some really good basketball right now. I think they, they pushed Charleston to the to the brink the other night, and uh, I think they're going to get it done over Scott City. I would agree, but it would not surprise me if the Rams find a way to yeah. win. I think that could be the best game of the night. Yeah, I, I, I think it's up there. Uh, and then Notre Dame-Charleston, I got Charleston. I think Terron Owens and Deshaun Henderson are going to be too much inside. I got Charleston. Yeah, it's going to be tough for Notre Dame, but again – Hard to beat a team three times, but I would give Charleston the edge. And then in the championship, Cape and Jackson, what do you think? I got Cape Central, I think. Uh, I think if they had Blaine Harris, it might make you think a little more, but you heard Ryan Winkler state earlier in the show that that, that would be a big factor, obviously, so I'm going to take the Tigers tonight. And I'm with you, Clay. I would agree. Uh, for all the reasons you just said, I think Cape Central gets their 16th tournament title. But, folks, make sure and join us here tonight. Uh, we'll be on the airwaves right here on this radio station, SEMO ESPN, uh, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and online at SEMOESPN.com. You can uh, check things out. We'll get on the air at about 2.45 to begin, and we'll be on the air all throughout the, the night for the championship game. And, again, you can go to uh, SEMOBall.com slash Christmas and there's links there for the webcast. They're going to webcast all four games tonight, SEMOball.com, and make sure and listen and watch that as well. I've been told, too, that the viewing experience has been upgraded. There's like three different camera angles that they'll be using uh, for tonight. And also, don't forget, after the games, check out SEMOball.com. And if you haven't checked it out, there's photo galleries. Every game's been covered. Uh, photo galleries from every game, every team. 
And then obviously tonight we'll have games up instantly. The the guys, we've all been doing a pretty good job of getting games up within the first quarter of the following game. So uh, go uh, go show some love on SeaWorldWall.com. Tony's been working hard taking photos. Yeah. Cole Lee's been running socials, doing a terrific job. Justin Trevelyan, myself and Cole, and even Tony, we've all been uh, just, you know, churning out stories as the week's gone on. Um, so go check it out. Yeah, credit where credit is due. Um, you know, for a lot of people, they, they've had the whole week off. They've had... You know, time to spend maybe a three-day weekend, maybe a four-day week- weekend here. Who knows? But it's it's been a lot of work for the the SEMA ball crew, uh, for the River Radio crew as well, and give credit where credit is due. And I know we had to get out of here, but we'd be remiss if we didn't, you know, mention the job that everybody at the scores table has done. Michael Minner on the PA all week. Jeff Gravitt's been there. Matt Asher running the tournament. Everybody has done a, tre- a tremendous job uh, running this tournament. They've given up their time, obviously, to be there and, and work every single game, I, you know, those guys are always sitting over there working. Yeah. So, Coach you know, Brian Horrell yeah. over there as well. Yeah. There's so many people that are involved in this that you know maybe don't get the proper credit that they should. So uh, obviously it takes a lot of people to pull something like this off. So uh, we're all grateful and we're excited for a final day of basketball. All right. Well, folks, hope you can enjoy it. If you aren't able to make it out to the Show Me Center here tonight for the final of the Christmas tournament, make sure and tune in again to either SEMOball.com or SEMO ESPN. Uh, radio, and uh, we'll have you covered as we have all week long wire-to-wire coverage here on SEMO ESPN for the Christmas tournament. All right, for Clay Harrell, I'm Rusty Hendricks. Folks, thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the SEMO Scramble. You've been listening to the SEMO Scramble on SEMO ESPN. Tune in every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 for a dash of hometown drive with Rusty Hendricks and Jess Todd right here on the SEMO Scramble. Yes, don't miss the latest news, stories, and stories that matter most to local sports enthusiasts. From the Blue Heel and beyond. Right here on SEMO ESPN, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, the SEMO ESPN app, and at SEMOESPN.com.